And so begins the most sacred time of the church year, the Holy Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and of course Easter Sunday. We spent the last 40 days preparing for this time, or at least hopefully doing our best to try to prepare for this time, so that we could more deeply enter into these saving mysteries that are presented before us. All of this leads to this night, and it begins this night. Tonight is the beginning of one liturgy that is stretched out over three days. If you pay attention, we started with a sign of the cross and we end without one. Tomorrow, we don't have any. Saturday, the Easter vigil begins with the fire outside and ends with the blessing of this Mass. This sacred liturgy places before us the one full event of Christ's passion and death and resurrection. And the beauty of all of this is, if you remember on Palm Sunday, I said that by the grace of the liturgy, we're not merely watching a play or a TV show. We're not external people to the whole act. But by the liturgy, we are experiencing this night as it happened 2,000 years ago. Not just simply in mere remembrance, but in actual participation. If you listen to the prayers that I'm going to say during the Eucharistic prayer, I'll say this. Celebrating the most sacred day on which our Lord Jesus Christ was handed over for our sake. And a little later, on the day before he was to suffer for our salvation and the salvation is of all, that is today. The language is not that is today as if like it was 2,000 years ago, or that was a day a long time ago, that is today. My brothers and sisters, through this action, you sit around that same table with our Lord Jesus Christ and his apostles. This very day, you watch him wash the feet of his apostles. This very day, you receive the Eucharist as if for the first time with those blessed apostles. If we have the faith to understand this, if we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, then this is something that penetrates our hearts very deeply. We're not merely going through motions as if to try to act like Christ. We are watching Christ walk amongst us in his sacred passion. And thus, this is a day where for the first time we heard the Gloria sung since Lent began. Today you see the vestments of white, which is the first time since Lent began, because it's joyful. But we'll end in sorrow. We begin with the Last Supper and we end with the Garden of Gethsemane. You see, on this sacred night, when we enter into the fullness of the mystery that is placed before us, I think it's important that we think of a few things. First, we have to understand the priesthood that our Lord Jesus Christ is the main priest of and invites us into. A little bit about atonement, and then a lot about the Eucharist. And remember that all of this is ordered towards charity. So let's talk a little bit about the priesthood. What Jesus Christ did on this night is he instituted a priesthood totally different than anything the world had ever seen. For all of human history, the priest would offer up something external to him. You bring a lamb, they kill the lamb for your sins. You bring an ox, you bring a dove, you bring some bread, whatever it is. But the priest never offered himself. It was always something other than me. But love requires the total gift of yourself to God. So God came to give us that example. Our Lord Jesus Christ wasn't a high priest who came to sacrifice someone else for his own sake. He was a high priest who came to offer himself. Priest, 
and victim. The beautiful gift of this is that he taught us what true love is, that it means to die not for just yourself, but for others. He showed us that in the washing of the feet, he showed us that in his crucifixion par excellence. But what's even more important than that, because sometimes that just passes us by, is that by your baptism, all of you, all of us who have been baptized, are part of the common priesthood of the faithful. You're called to do the same. He doesn't just want your money for the poor. That's a good thing. He doesn't just want your pious actions, your seating, your sitting in the pews this very night. He wants your heart. He gave us the example of what it means to be a true lover of God. It means I don't just give him the externals. I give him the very depth of my being. I give him everything I have. So my brothers and sisters, I think we need to ask ourselves on this night of the first Mass, do we merely just go through the motions? Do we just practice the externals? Or do we delve deeply into the mysteries placed before us? Do we make an attempt to the best of our abilities to try to understand what is going on? You see, because on this night, there was someone who was at this Last Supper who was merely just going through the externals letting the things happen around him, but not letting them penetrate his heart. This man received the Eucharist for the first time. He received the blessed gift of the ministerial priesthood. He was invited into that inner sanctum of Christ's life and ministry. But again, he just let, he had his feet washed by our Lord Jesus Christ. Yet because of the hardened shell around his heart, he refused to let God's mercy and love in. His name was Judas. He was offered every gift that all the others were offered. God sat him, our Lord Jesus Christ sat him on his right side, the seat of honor, so as to tell Judas, no matter what you do, I offer you love and mercy, just come to me. But Judas refused. That's why this is a night that ends with sorrow. But sometimes, my brothers and sisters, we can be like Judas. But don't let this sacred triduum pass us by. Don't merely be a spectator on the outside looking in, but enter deeply into this mystery that is placed before you. How do we do that? Jesus washed the feet of the apostles, not as a stance on social action, but as a clear teaching of the purity of soul that he calls us to when we approach the most sacred Eucharist. Because when we approach the sacrament of love itself, we must first be filled with that same love. But at times, our feet are dirtied. We're not ready to walk fully and totally behind Christ. And so we must purify us. He washed the feet because the feet were what was in contact with the earth, with the dirt, with the world. It's what represents our attachment to the things of this world, our sins. You see, because Christ said that their bodies were cleansed, they'd received baptism, they had the grace of baptism. But through their sins, they had dirtied that soul and it needed to be cleansed again, and thus the sacrament of confession. The purifying grace, the application of God's blood to our souls. And so, my brothers and sisters, St. Paul says just a few verses after our second reading, he says this, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 
For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. And so what can dirty our feet and prevent us from walking towards the Eucharist? Mortal sin. If we have an unconfessed mortal sin on our soul, we ought to refrain from receiving the Eucharist. And this is not meant to be a punishment. It's meant to be an encouragement. Go and make yourself right with God through the saving power of confession, and then come and receive the sacrament of unity and love and charity. Come when you're in communion with God and receive that intimate communion with Him in the Eucharist. You see, my brothers and sisters, the beauty of it is, is yes, the Eucharist is not for the perfect, because none of us are perfect. All of us are sinners. But we need that grace that is given to us in our baptism. We need that basic charity to approach charity itself. But let's focus a little bit on the positive side of the Eucharist, this great good that is given to us. The Catechism says the principal fruit of receiving the Eucharist is intimate union with our Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on to say that this charity then strengthens us in our charity, which is weakened daily by our life. And this living charity can wipe away venial sins, can brush off that dirt on our feet. The Eucharist further preserves us from future mortal sins, unites us with the Church and all Christians. This is the gift that is offered to you this night. So my brothers and sisters, be true participators of these sacred mysteries. As I go about this church to watch to wash the feet of a representative few, imagine Christ coming to you to wash your feet. What is the dirt that needs to be taken off? What are the sins that need to be wiped away from your soul so that you can all the more fully receive his love and mercy? He comes to you this evening. And as we continue on with the liturgy after the most sacred Eucharist, you'll be invited to Gethsemane, where you can hear the call of our Lord Jesus Christ watch and pray one hour. This evening, during that time of adoration, I'll be in the confessional. If you feel God calling you to be made right with him, to receive his love, to receive that charity offered to you tonight, you'll have the chance not only to remain with him as he suffers in the garden, but to be purified by his blood in the confession. So my brothers and sisters, be not mere spectators at this holy liturgy, but enter into the sacred mystery that is before you, a mystery of love. <laughs>